The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to New Dimensions with your host, Rev. Nicholas Barrett. Our identities are not labels identifying who we are to others. Rather, they are found in God's riches, His likeness and character. We can discover our true selves and live the way He has intended for us to live. Now, here is Rev. Nicholas Barrett. Welcome, friends. I have an amazing show for you this morning. You're on the show New Dimensions. We've had some technical glitches, but the devil will not win. He's trying to sabotage the show, but we're going to get our message out, and we're going to go out regardless of what the technical difficulties. But I have a lot of first-time guests on the show because of the topicality of it. We're talking about racism. It's things that are happening right now. I also have several thousand guests going out to more than 50 countries in the world. So before we normally get into a message, I like to start with a story to slow our minds down. Our minds are going around at 60,000 thoughts a day so that we can be more present. Otherwise, it's like a train or a car going through a tunnel. You just see a blur, and that's how our minds are. So the um, author of this is Anonymous. And the title of this is Things That Aren't Always As They Appear. There was once a man who was shipwrecked and stranded on an island. Every day he prayed, asking God to send him someone to rescue him. But to his disappointment, no one ever came. Months passed, and this man learned how to survive on the island. During this time, he accumulated things from the island and stored them in a hut that he had constructed. One day after hunting for food and returning back to his hut, much to his dismay, He saw that his hut was on fire, along with everything he owned. All of his possessions were just going up in smoke. The only thing he had left was the shirt and and shorts on his body. Initially, he was in shock and then consumed with anger and rage. In his fury, he threw a fist into the air and began cursing God and yelling, God, how could you let this happen to me? I've been praying every day for months about being rescued, and no one has come, and now everything that I own is on fire. How could you do this to me? Why did you let this happen? Later, the man was on his hands and knees, weeping heavily, when what had happened when he happened to look up and catch sight of a ship coming in his direction. The man was rescued, and they were heading back to civilization. The man asked the captain, how were you able to find me? The captain looked and responded, while we were voyaging across the ocean, we noticed in the horizon a column of smoke going up. So we decided to check it out as we did, and we found you through the fire. And I want to tell you, whoever you are listening, whatever your beliefs are, in life we're going to be confronted with challenges, with problems, with disasters. But keep in mind that what the devil has meant for bad, God can transform into your good. What is a catastrophe can sometimes be a blessing in disguise. Many afflictions, the the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such that have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. This is from Psalms 34. So this is relevant to all of us. You may be in a relationship that appears to be at an end. You may have a sickness that appears to be not getting better, an addiction or a depression that appears to be always there. 
Friends, things are what they are, but they're not as they appear. Things will not remain. Pray even when you don't feel like it, as his answer always ultimately for humanity has been yes. The answer is always yes. But regardless of the technical difficulties, we're going to play on with our message. The title of this show, and I'm going to get on with the title, is Love Thy Neighbor. I'm addressing mostly an American audience because we've suffered a lot of atrocities, racial atrocities in the last week or so. But wherever you are in the world, this is really pertinent to you because God has stirred my heart to the core and completely changed my plans for this week's show. For a matter that once the show unfolds, I think we'll all agree wherever we are in the world that we've had enough. Enough really is enough. So towns in America have been affected by acts of violence, atrocity towards fellow human beings, brothers and sisters. Dallas has been rocked by an assassination-style killing of five police officers. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, witnessed a young man in his prime being repeatedly shot by police officers after he was pinned to the ground. Another man was fatally shot at a traffic stop in Minnesota while his four-year-old daughter and his girlfriend witnessed the killing from the car. These killings were because of the color of their skin, but more to the point, an act against humanity and an act against you or me, black, white, or green. This was not begun in the towns that it occurred, but it was started from deep in the human heart, in your town, my town, and the world beyond. I realized the day after that although my heart was heavy laden in Los Angeles, but so would yours be in New York in Miami, in France, in Australia, in New Zealand, in Poland. For every bird that moves through the sky leaves a vapor. Every stone thrown into a lake leaves a ripple. So does every heartache each time another human being suffers. These atrocities sometimes only show up as pain when they arrive on your front doorstep. But with today's advancement in technology, show up lifelike on your laptop, computer, or your iPad. The videos that are available on the internet literally made me cry and broke my heart that the world is so lost and depraved sitting back while these things ensue. As town citizen nations mourn, we must remember for those of us who are not living in these cities that what is on another man's doorstep today will show up as a reflection in yours tomorrow. We must put an end to judging people by the color of their skin the style of their clothes, their way of life, or their beliefs. Instead, we need to step up. We need to love those that are similar and dissimilar to us alike, just by virtue of God giving us the unity in the same color of our blood. I believe that although the world is at a preposis, that we need not to go into an abyss, but instead use this testing to raise our awareness to then be more critical with our thinking, to gain strength in our resolve and wisdom to become agents for change, and through it, create a better world for all of us to live in, regardless of the color of our skins, political disguises, or the size of our bank accounts. Our times may be challenging, but just like the times of the Amorites, evil is real, God is way greater. America was founded on three documents, the Declaration of Independence, the Paris Peace Treaty of 1783, and the Constitution. These three documents give conclusive proof that America is a God-abiding nation. I'm addressing a broad audience, and I'm not here to coerce you or convince you, regardless of what your beliefs or your chosen lifestyles. You're a fellow human being with a breath flowing through your body, so the end, this show is for you. Yes, it's for you. The Declaration of Independence 
has many references to God throughout the document. The most famous one is that the men are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that amongst these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This is for everybody. This is for black, for white, for Asian. This does not specify. It's all-inclusive, not exclusive. It doesn't matter whether you're in a majority or a minority. It's not an election. It's human beings. So whatever your allegiance, your race, or you're welcome on this show. I love you, and I know God loves you more because he made you. Regardless of your lifestyle, race, allegiance, welcome. Genesis 1.27 tells us, so God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. Romans 2.11, for God shows no partiality. And I'll repeat this, God shows no partiality. I believe that if we elevate our focus from being stuck in the issues to the potential that this gives us all, that we'll stir ourselves up for change and that the solution is not out of reach for us. Fire is the test of gold, and a gem cannot be polished without friction. So we must use this adversity, this digression, to produce our progression. This show will deal with an overview, a causality. Yes, if we look at the behavior of something, meaning the effect, reacting by getting angry but never getting beyond that to look at the root cause of why the behavior occurs in the first place, our reactions soon fade like a barking dog until the next time the trigger comes, which is the atrocity, and it gets recommitted. We need to go beyond the reaction to the cause of why something is happening or continue to walk around in a cyclical pattern. We've been walking around since the LA riots of 1994. I don't know about you, but I think we're created for way better. So I can only give you an overview. It's a three-planned overview. It's irreverence to God, societal paradigms, how we've been conditioned in our psychology. So it's a triple. It's a triune thing. It's our irreverence to God, our societal paradigms and psychology. So let's look at this causality. The things that are happening today in America and the world in general are not going to be solved through reaction in the present. They can only be resolved by going back to the root cause and then moving forward with a new framework. Yes, it is always the past that's created the problem in the present. You need to go back without merely putting a band-aid on an issue, hoping that with a persistence, cohesive effort, the change will miraculously fall from the sky. Yes, I believe in miracles, but they always need to be predicated by a natural act in us, which is always an activity on our part. There needs to be activity. God is able. We need to trigger that by our availability. So the framework has to be represented by the church, by education, by societal paradigms and patterns, and then thirdly, by psychology, the way the human mind works. God knew the mind would be a problem because he quoted in Romans, be in this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. That means he knew the mind would be the root of all your issues. The mind would get jacked up through loving. He knew this all along. So those are the causes of effects. Irreverence to God, a lack of knowledge of him or respect for him, societal paradigms, how we operate as a society, media, um, our mindset, schooling, and then psychology. 
way we think about something. That is the overview. So let's go deeper to get our answers. The great thing is that the universal equalizer is when you and I embrace the fact that God put the answer inside of you and inside of me, the game's over for the dark of this world. I could land the plane with one word, but we need to stretch our minds deeper. Let's focus on the first one, irreverence to God. Jesus declared, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And then this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is love your neighbor as yourself. These are the two commandments that the whole of the gospel stands on. We have a society that's progressed tremendously in technology, in architecture, in medical research. Almost every area of life has progressed, but but at the same time, our understanding and our relationship with God is at an all-time low. We've turned progression into digression, with the result that the quality of life that we lead is poor at best. Anyone can agree that this is symbolic of what is going on in your town, your cities, your countries, and in the world in general right now. We have a world problem, but really we have a God problem as we become godless, instead putting our focus on what's in it for me. If I don't love God, how can I love my neighbor? The people in America and the world have a heart issue. It's not religion. It's not race. It's not creed. It's not political persuasion that divides us as much as love or a lack of it. Many, as, many of us have up and down days, so it's hard to love others with a purity out of that inconsistency, as I get inconsistent results based on that. But when I love God foremost, I can love others out of an overflow, regardless of whether I'm having a good or bad day. So I get consistent results. Unless you are whole, you can only love people from an agenda. All of our world's problems stem from an issue in our hearts because out of the heart flows the issues of life. The heart is the estuary that all our behaviors become visible and manifest. If you think about this just for a moment, you'll be gripped by the power of its contemplation. You know, I didn't say it. God said it. Proverbs 4.23 tells us, Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows out of it. Yes, God's pretty clever because he set up the structure of the world. He set up, he knew how he would function because he created us. Before he even knew us in the womb, um, he, he knew us, he created us. So we need to really guard, we need to be aware of these things. Let's focus now on societal paradigms. I'm giving you an overview because if I spent too long on one topic, I'd diminish the others. But all of them collectively, exponentially build on one another. Let's look at societal paradigms. Do you ever ask why we're so segregated? Why has the color of our skin created so many problems? Why are we just looking for the line of least resistance and staying the same by the norms that we've created? God has put it in my heart to ask you these questions. It's not an easy show for me to present because if I was building self, I'd stick with the show I'd planned for this, but I had to redo this whole show and actually go into the uncomfortable because I'm challenging some very serious issues, some issues that people have a lot of anger over. But to get to a better quality, God desires me to go deeper. He desires you to go deeper. And only by going deeper can we walk in the water. Otherwise, we remain stuck in the boat. We need to all get out of the boat. So we can't look to culture as it's self-perpetuating. Culture has caused all of our problems. All of our human suffering is from the conditioned mind. All of it, all of this racism, all of this police violence, all of this anger, it's endemic in schools and universities and streets. The police just had notoriety because they came out with that, with that violence, but it stems much, much deeper than that. It's the whole of society. We need to go counter-cultural, counter-culture, against what's happening right now, because what's happening right now has created what's happening.
I need to be really honest with you. Even church leaders have bought into the patterns of our culture. I recall having a discussion about starting a church with a church leader that I was talking to. He said, well, you can't put that music if there's black pastors in your church. This really hurt me as it's not from the spirit, but from the flesh. And we can't have the flesh contaminating our churches. I'm not knocking churches. Many churches are doing it right. But many are not as they've let societal influence their thoughts, hence their messages. It should be a melting pot, a tapestry. Culture is in a mess, and I need to be the change that I want to see myself. So I need to deal with the uncomfortable matters so we can then be comfortable. Are you with me, guys? I mean, I, I love you. My purpose is to create unity to, to go counterculture, to bring down the walls that a society has itself built around its hearts, around its towns, and around the nation. We're all containers to a greater level living, but it's not through standing in a puddle and being passive that we're able to go higher to a new dimension. It's through breaking the chains that are keeping us hostage to society and its norms. We need to stretch out. There needs to be an activity. It's through connecting to a greater awareness, coming out of the bush above the forest that we're then able to see out of it. It's like getting in a helicopter ride and being able to clearly see things. You get a much better definition. That's why people, police go up when they're chasing suspects in small areas with a helicopter and they shine a light so they can see more. We need to do that because our thoughts are perpetual. We're in a, a, a habitual lifestyle. We're focused on work. We're focused on limitations and restrictions that our minds have put on us. And unless we break, break out and break up, we'll never be able to do this. So very clearly, we need to elevate to be able to see more clearly what needs to be done as change requires a vision powerful enough in the present to mold your future. I must see in my tomorrow before I can manifest that. So with no vision, very simply, we'll perish, we'll just die. Our country is reacting to things, it's bouncing. While to get a change, we need to be a proactive response, which can only come from having a vision, a calm vision that's not angry, a calm vision that says, right, we have these things in front of us, but we need to do these things. We need to change the fabric of our schooling. We need to change some of the, sometimes the, the fabric of our churches and the preaching. We need to change the media, the social paradigms. We need to change our schooling to have more unity. We need to change our minds, which is our psychology. All of these things are functioning. God gave us all of these things. He created us for society. He gave us God, which is what it is. We're irreverence to him. We're not respecting him. And he also gave us psychology, the mind. I mean, it's, it's all there. That is, it's all there. So let's stay with social paradigms for a little while longer. We've become more connected. This is talking about society now. We've become more connected through our electronic devices, through our Twitter, to our Facebook, through our social media. But society, societally, we're isolated. We're uncomfortable and desperate for attention. There goes our modern-day connectivity theory. Where we're designed for community and unity. However, all we've created is a culture of disunity and separation. They communicate isolated via social media, and then they retreat. A lot of anger is posted on these sites. There's a lot of people, suicide is going up, depression is going up. You only need to drive in your car in Los Angeles or wherever you are just to see the anger. I was at a stop sign yesterday, and the guy behind me was waving his fist and sounding his horn because I was blocking him. But legally, you have to stop at a stop sign. I pray for these people. I never react. I always proact. I give them love, not hate. I give them sand when they throw fire. That's how we have to be. So modern day 
you know, we were created differently to the way we've been accepted to live. So in our modern day, it only takes enough people to do something for it to then become accepted as the norm. We can be compared to a fish out of water. We're striving, but most certainly not thriving. The way that I feel, and I don't know about you, is I've had enough. I'm, I'm browned off with it. I want change. You want change. America wants change. The world wants change. We need change, or eventually, very simply, we'll all implode. God wants unity, and I believe the dark force of this world wants disunity. The dark rules through segregation. That's how he becomes weak. At present, we have a dark that is winning because this is evidence in our society. In unity, we're strong and thriving. While in disunity, we're divided and weak. We can be conquered. The enemy crawls around like a prowling lion waiting to devour you. He devours the ones that are disunified. The ones who are strong in unity, he'll bounce right off them. So our solution is to become unified, not disunified. Take, for example, a family in unity or a basketball team that are functioning in unity. They're functioning to an optimum. They're abundant. They're creative. They're successful. And they're working full of love, full of respect, full of building one another, building one another. We need to build one another. Our society is decaying because we're fragmented into a billion pieces. Individuals, strangers in our own world, traps in a, in a box of fear, limitation, and suffering. Because all our antisocial behavior is fear-based as we attack others based on the difference from a false perception that they are a threat by looking unlike you. All of this is a false perception. If they're a threat because they don't look like you, we then attack them. It's all coming from fear-based. It's a social conditioning, antisocial behavior. So very simply, <clears throat> we've been conditioned by society through our families, through the media, through our schooling. So we begin to take on board a skewed way of looking at people through their exterior. We permit the exterior to measure what we're looking at. We have given dominion to a closed mind way of looking at things. To make a change, we need to break off some things to be able to bring in the new. Take, for example, a tapestry. It's not one color or one stitch. It's a myriad of colors all working together to bring about the beauty of all the colors in union. If it were not for all the different colors, there'd be no tapestry. We would have a monotone canvas that would rob us from the beauty that could otherwise be revealed. We're going to take a break, and in the second segment, I'm going to tell you a little bit about some personal stories. I'm going to talk about personal stories that I've encountered on racism. We're going to cover more about psychology and then talk more about how we're going to solve this problem together. I believe it's a problem that I can't solve myself, but I believe collectively, when two or more are gathered together, he is with them, we can be the solution. And I'm really encouraged, even though it's a very tough matter, I'm really encouraged about the opportunity we have, and I'm really, I've, I've dedicated many, many years to doing this. I had a very lucrative career before. Psychology has always been my study, but I had a lucrative career training um, a lot of celebrities on nutrition. So over the last five years, plus financing my ministry, I've probably put in well over seven figures into this. So my heart is, is down for this. Um, I've been sleepless really several nights over this, and my heart's bleeding for all the people that have been victimized for looking different or for being in a minority. And really, God bless you all. I love you guys, and um, I will see you in the second segment. Have a great break.
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to share success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Hear about personal growth, building a better business, inspirational life stories, and personal branding. You'll find it every day at voiceamericaempowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work-life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. are tuned in to New Dimensions. To reach Reverend Nicholas or his guest today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to nbarrett28 at yahoo.com. Now, back to New Dimensions. Hello there. Welcome back to the second segment. We had a, a few technical problems with the first one, but we're loud and clear for this message. The dark will not thwart. The light will always excel. Welcome. If you are not on the first segment, we're talking about a very real thing in America, racism. We're talking about how the causality is a, it's a trifold thing. It's a reverence to God. It's social paradigm, social molding, and psychology. All of these things founded into one coercively. They represent all of these things. You know, I'm not the solution. No individual is, but it takes one to strike a match that can then burn as a wild forest fire. So I'm appealing to church leaders listening to the show, TV channel owners, or people with a large platform. It could be Whoopi Goldberg. It could be Oprah Winfrey. It could be Lou Gossett Jr. I'm appealing to people with, with millions on their platform that let's team up to be the change in your town, in your city, your nation, and the world. We need to remember, love travels like the wind. We're talking again, to get back onto the show, um, we're talking again about causality. I was talking about social paradigms. And I want to give you a few stories, a few personal stories that are very relevant. And I want to introduce to you a story. It was in Las Vegas about two years ago. I was writing actually a manuscript. I've got a book coming out with an affiliate of Random House on September the 6th called Get Out of Mind Jail. It deals with the societally conditioned mind being all the root of your problems and how to rework that mind. That's going to be available in September. But I'm not plugging the book. I'm just that I was doing this near a Starbucks near University of Los Angeles. When a black man aged about 25 walked in, I observed him walk up to the counter and the three assistants, which were actually white females, gave him an impolite look. I sensed that there might be a confrontation. And as a pastor, I walked up, I tapped him on the shoulder because I'm usually observant. I look around. I said, look, let's step outside to talk. He looked surprised, probably thought I was going to be aggressive or violent. You know, he was dressed in a very nice basketball-style clothing. He had long LeBron James shorts to his ankles, 
basketball shoes and a gold chain. I looked at him eye to eye and began talking to him. I soon realized that like everyone else, he was look, looking to buy a cup of coffee and get some water. However, as he didn't look like everybody else out inside, he was judged from the outside and mistreated. We spoke for about 15 minutes. During that time, I told him he was made by God in his likeness for a specific plan and purpose. I told him he could have all his power and peace of mind back by forgiving those ladies for the misinformation that they're now operating from. They had been societally conditioned to think and operate from a certain way and were so conformed to the ways of our culture that just follow it without any critical thinking. I told him not to let their behavior have dominion over him, meaning a controlling influence over the way that he leads his life. I told, he told me his sister is in jail, and I told him, look, you need to stay focused on God. I love you. God loves you. We hugged each other. We really became close in that time because I needed to help him. And it's really helping someone in their time of need. The church is not necessarily have to be a big, fancy, flamboyant thing. I'm moreover, really, the, what's, it, what's the change in you? When somebody asks you, what's your relationship with God? That's really behind closed doors when no one's watching. It's about helping someone who's really in help with words, with money, just with uplifting them or giving them food when nobody else is looking. Very often we can do it when we're being witnessed, but when nobody else is looking, that's the true heart. God is looking for better systems in churches, but he's also looking for people with better hearts, and that's what we need. So the result was that he came back into the coffee store, and this time with a smile on his face, asked for a beverage, and then when walking out with the cups in his hand, he said, thank you, Pastor, you were right. You know, I held back the tears for a while, praying that I may have assisted in putting him in a whole new course. And I really wonder, um, amazing, uh, amazing encounter. I feel it emotionally even now, and it's been two or three years gone, and I pray spirit into him for just for healing, for direction, for love, and for counseling. So let me give you another story. I grew up in London, and I was very privileged. I went to a very famous English boys' school. We had unimaginable, we had every race imaginable in our classrooms, side by side from all over the world, black, white, Pakistani, all of us, with a unified goal of becoming better people and becoming better leaders. The headmaster would pray the Lord's Prayer each morning while we linked hands. This created an awareness in us, not based on our exterior, but our universal spiritual identity. Once you know your spiritual identity, the game is over for racists, people who abuse you because of the way you look or your disabilities, because of a perceived difference that they see in you. We need to shape up in the US our schooling system, as at the moment it's really failing at present, as is evidenced by the behavior. I'm not being critical, I'm just noticing things, and I'm being bold to speak out about these things. The reason why in England you have a lot of much less racial tension is it starts from schooling, it starts from leadership, it starts from the ground up, it starts from the home, it starts from the parents, it starts from the school, it starts from the churches, it starts from community, it starts from the workplace. All of the things are not being done in America because we're finding political campaigns based on anger. It's really whoever's the rudest and most angry will win. And to be honest, that's not going to solve our racial divide. It's going to make it worse. I don't take political sides because I believe God rules the world. But I really have to verse this. I have another story. It's an all-black gym in the toughest area of London. I actually went there at 15 to train. I was one of the only white guys there. So they greeted me initially with... Um, kind of resentment or trepidation. And then after about six months, they 
my friend said to me, Mike Harvey, who's a gladiator there, he said, you know, they really love you because they see the love in you and your equanimity and how everyone's the same. So he actually went, Mike is like a friend. I mean, it's like a brother. I've known him for about 27 years. He went to my mother's bedside. It actually ended up being her deathbed. She died in my arms five days later. But he held her and out of a coma, she acknowledged him. She said, Mike, you know, I know your voice. So tremendous. And this is a Jamaican, an Anglo-Jamaican. So, you know, we're all brothers and sisters. I've got to get this message across. This is why I've got to give you personal stories. It's from a personal place. I really feel God's given me this ministry and um, for many things, for psychology, for motivation, finding purpose, but also for racial dividing, for, for bringing back unity, for bridging the gap. I really understand it. I have a lot of black friends, and I relate in a very special way to black people. It's been made apparent to me. So let's look at the psychology. This is the third part of the, of the thing we're looking at. When we become more connected or increase our state of consciousness, we begin to feel an inner joy, a peace, an equanimity. In this state, it's impossible to feel separation because you've gone back to the way you were first created, before life jacked you up. When you're functioning in love and not through your societal conditioning, you no longer see black, white, or green, rich or poor, as in love there is no judgment. We step into what I call mindful living, as in this unseparated state, all of our human suffering is gone. When you restore yourself back to set point, which is in being, it eradicates all of your hostilities, judgments, and fears, as your essence is sourced in love. It's just like... An Apple computer, when you reset to factory settings, they ask you when you change sometimes the operating system from Maverick to Lion, they ask you sometimes to go back to factory settings or on your iPhone, the reason why it functions much better. We need to go back to factory settings, which is God who created you, so we can function better. Races birth out of a conditioned mind, which is in fear and separation to God. We must really remember this. Every reaction to something outside of you is a mirror of your internal condition. And I'll repeat this. Every reaction to something outside of you is a mirror of your internal condition. Matthew 23 tells us, you blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and of the dish so that the outside it may become clean also. So very simply, we need to do a, an operative. We need to do a cleansing of the heart. We need to do a cleansing of our inside. How are we functioning? We should sit down really with a piece of paper every day and just write down which areas are, are you sensitive to? Which areas are you feeling um, badly about? You need to really look at that. I need to look at my inside not to worry about the polish. You know, I may be driving a fancy car that's all polish, but inside if I'm wretched and, and have these racist angry thoughts, then I need to focus really on the internal. Very simply, hurt people hurt people. Somewhere in our childhoods, most likely, we were hurt by someone's words or actions who looked different to us. Maybe even something our parents said that was racist towards people and how bad they are. And we then live our lives out of that by deciding we don't like that based off our past hurt or our past exposure. And we make a decision not to put ourselves in that situation again. The problem is this reinforces being externally referenced. For example, I experienced life from the outside in. Therefore, and thus, that person made me feel a certain way because they look like this. So and then I pick and choose my experiences, or so I believe, based upon that person's likelihood to hurt me, based upon how they look, whether they're black or white. Now, the alternative way of living is, I, this is what I say, be responsible, 
not taking false doctrine from the media, have a daily practice of raising your self-awareness, use your God-given discernment, which will give you the ability to see and reveal where other people are on their journey, as this relates to your reality, not based on their race, political disguises, or beliefs. You know, you don't judge something by its cover until you position yourself to receive the blessings that until now society has robbed you from. This is really the key. When you don't judge something by the cover, there's so many other things that you can receive that you've otherwise been blind or being hostage not to. You know, just give this some thought um, how your life would look today if your mind didn't have a past. How would your life look today if you didn't have a past? So we can talk also about Corinthians 12, unity and diversity in the body. Just as the body through one has many parts, but all its parts from form one body, so it is with Christ, for we have all been baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, as we are all given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. We really have to embrace the difference in all of us. We have to embrace the difference that we have. We have to use that to grow. We have to use that to learn and really have to use that to become better people. That is the solution. There will always be a difference, but the difference is for our goodness, it's for our greatness, and that's how God intended. If everybody looked like me, the world would be boring, and every, if every bird was a black bird. So you have to live, you live to let live. It's very simple. Let live to live. So let's recap the way to unity and ending our current issues, which is the triplicate of causality that we've been talking about. This is an overview because on this show, I really don't have time to go into all of these areas because they're long areas, but I would appeal to you. I could come to your church or to your events and put something. It would be a half an hour presentation probably, but I would point out all of these things in a strong way. We really need to do this by broadcasting what God wants. And that's, I've started doing that today. We're broadcasting. Not enough is being done by cause because we run away from the effect you know, it's like a terrorist bomb goes off for a while. Security at Los Angeles is high, but then afterwards we go back to our own ways that got us into the trouble. We need to stay elevated the whole time. God is asking us to go deeper, to get better, not just to stay. So we're, we're doing all these things. We react for a while. There's a lot of anger, a lot of bickering, a lot of barking, and then, of course, rescinds, and then it's always boiling over. Remember, the anger doesn't go away until we have the cause. We've got a lot of hurt people that have... Have not, don't have their identity because that's how society's molded it and also the psychology, the way the mind has adapted to living. We need to have mindful living. We need to change church systems, school systems. We need to change, have more media that's focusing on this and we need to raise the awareness of that we're all created in one spirit. We need to get our esteem, our value back. So the so solution, let's recap these things. The solution is not in going forward because we must first go back. One, to restore through a relationship with God, I need to love him to then love myself, as only then out of that overflow can I truly love all others. Two, this is in recapping, deal with societal paradigms, which is dealing with cultural patterns, to not be influenced by biased counsel, media, or unreliable information. And three, psychology. This is gaining an awareness of your hurts, of your previous exposure, of your past experiences and the patterns and how this is impacting your mindset, your attitude, and your mental processes. And I just want to finish with some points. Unity is God's beautiful gift to us. Unity is desirable. 
There are no two leaves of a tree precisely alike, neither do all minds run in the same direction. But while this is so, there may also be unity and diversity. In all these phases of human activity, not only are there diverse excellences, but the diversity itself is an essence of excellence. So really to conclude our way forward for America, at least a catalyst to begin a pathway of change. We've got to go back to God. We've got to expose people to different, um, different um, th teachings. We've got to go back into schoolings. Um, we can hold events that people like myself can conduct informal talks at by elucidating an inspiring challenge. We need to raise the discussion. There's so much effort, as I say, put on the anger in political discussions that we need to raise the discussion on, on Christian TV channels or TV networks, um, large ones with a large platform, because this really is a worldwide issue. And unless we talk about it in these three areas, unless we begin to unify our source so we all know seven billion brothers and sisters are valued, and unless we change the way of culture and also the psychology, we will never get to a solution. It will always remain like this. And I think we're in a place that we really need to be proactive, not reactive. Um, all these things that I've talked about, the causality, they're all separate, but synergistically they are the foundation for world change. I'm really believing this, the foundation to, to world change. I mean, it's been great sharing this platform. You can reach me at mbarrett28 at yahoo.com. I'm on Twitter, Nicholas Barrett, or um, website www.empowerbeyondhorizon.com. There'll be more shows like this. I'm just putting this one out there as a prototype. It needs to be done. This cause needs to, to be worked on in all these areas. And we can. It can't be solved by one show. It can't be solved by 10 shows. It can't even be solved if I continue to do this show. It must be other people that join with a one united purpose, and that's to e-racism, to eradicate racism. A lot of these things stop because people, I think, are not, they don't know how to do it because I have a psychology background. All of these things, it's God, it's society, and it's psychology. All of these tri three things need to come together. So we need to have people, obviously I can't do it myself, we need to have experts from all, a lot of different areas to assist. But it's really a, a community-wide thing, and that's going to be media, that's going to be TV shows, it's going to be churches, all of these things. And I'll end with 2 Corinthians 7. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive them and heal their land. Very simple. The answer is really in turning away. What this really means is turning away from our selfishness, from our ego, from our pridefulness, from our competition and actually get in, back into love. It doesn't matter about the size of the bank account because your treasures are going to be eternal. The value of a man not is, is not measured in things that you can buy, but in things death cannot steal. Nelson Mandela may not have been a billionaire, but you know he's left and touched hearts like never before. And he modeled what we're trying to do now. He modeled to unify people, how they're all loved and how they're all valuable. And America needs to get the love back. We have a lot of broken homes. A lot of children grow up with no love, but they're also growing up through their parents and they've been given poor examples of role models. And I don't mean this disrespectfully. They've been exposed to racism. And it's, it's very bad. I mean, in certain parts of America, I'm not going to single them out. I've experienced it. It's very bad. I have a heart for this. And my purpose is to unify brothers and sisters, you know, not to live. That's why I've gone really in the uncomfortable with this show. You know, it's been a blessing 
We've had some technical issues, but it's been a blessing to bring this to you, to your doorstep, to the USA and the world today. You know, all glory being to God, I take none of the um, credit because he's given me the heart and he's given me the wisdom through my activity. Knowledge is only wisdom if you have an activity. I could have 10 psychology degrees, but if I just sat in my car hostel, I could be a racist and have no activity at all. So it's about the human heart. Know that you're the answer, whether you're cleaning the restrooms or whether you're somebody Oprah Winfrey running a show, you are the answer, but your activity will predicate God's miraculous. Um, it's been great talking to you. I love you. I know that God loves you more, and I look forward to hearing from you. Please reach out to me, whether you're an activist, whether you're T.D. Jenks, whether you're Oprah Winfrey, reach out to me, and let's get moving. Let's get some traction with this. God bless you. Um, thank you so much, and we'll speak to you next week. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of New Dimensions. Please join Reverend Nicholas Barrett again next Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a blessed week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.